difference between what it means to be good when you're trying to be epic. Uh, no, you don't gotta believe in me. Nothing can stop me. I already said it. I'm taking everything they stole from us. Yeah. You got your problems, I'm a whole nother. I'm giving people something to believe in. I'ma show them freedom like a bone cutter. We gon' fight back. Yeah, we breaking chains over here. Yeah, you can stay over there. And we're back once again, only on Last Call. Last Call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. And uh, joining me here on the line, this man here will be fighting once again February 5th. He'll be taking on Mario Barrios in the welterweight scrap. And, well, he hopes that uh, this will bounce back things to lead him back to a title picture, and especially back to big uh, title and pay-per-view money fights. I give you once again the former one undisputed welterweight champion. I give you Keith Thurman now. Keith, so, Keith, you're fighting once again, Mario Barrios, February 5th. Uh, yep. It's safe to say that all the pressure's on you. You're the one who's expected to win this fight. You're the one who's expected to, you know, come out guns ablaze and do well. How much pressure are you putting on yourself, not just to win, but win, you know, emphatically and win impressively? I mean... There's been pressure on me since day one, you know. Uh, we strive for greatness in this sport. We love the sport of boxing. Uh, we love to walk the path of a true warrior. And there's always pressure, you know. Um, there's there's pressure on every day, them boys on Wall Street. You know, when, whenever you strive for greatness and, and you have high expectations for yourself, you, you're put under pressure. But we know that pressure produces diamonds. So I believe that without the pressure, I'm not really able to shine brightly. You know, it's, it's how you transform that pressure into the proper form of motivation so that you work hard, you work diligently, you get your mindset right so that you can just be great. You know, um, I've done great things in the past and I wanna continue to do great things in the future, it's been a two and a half year uh, layoff. But for me, uh, that's why I just strive so hard in the beginning of camp to get my muscles moving, get my body right. And, you know, we're, we still got a few more weeks to go. But we, me and my team, we are truly satisfied with where we're at. We, we believe that we're truly on point to put on terrific performance against Mario Barrios February 5th. And that we should dominate the fight, you know, regardless of anybody's expectations. Keith Thurman's probably going to look rusty. Oh, Keith Thurman uh, should be able to knock this guy out easily. You know, I don't listen to the outside noise. I just prepare myself to the best of my capacity. And then when it's showtime, it's showtime. Are you surprised at the, I won't say hate, but, you know, sort of a negativity on this fight in terms of your opponent? I mean, Mario Barrios is 26 and one. Yeah, he's but he's fought most of 140 pounds, but he was a he was a world title holder, WBA super lightweight title. His only loss, Javante Davis, and yet there's been people who say, "Oh, but this is a, this is an easy fight. He he should be challenging himself here." As you said, you've been out for two years. Were you surprised that people are hating on this fight, despite the fact that hey, uh, I've been out for two years. I've had to have my shoulder fixed. I've had to have, you know other body parts fixed. Hey, I need to, I know, I need, I can't just jump right in with Errol Spence. I need somebody who can sort of be tough, but not, you know, way over the top tough. I mean, 
until his last fight, he was an undefeated world champion. You know, it's a great fight. What I what, what people underestimate, and I know you, I know you understand this from, from following the UFC. What people underestimate is sometimes fighters lose and then they get the opportunity to go back to the drawing board and sharpen up. They get to take that dull knife and put it under the whetstone and really, really sharpen up. And they have a sharper blade the next time that they step into the ring, you know? So people can speculate how they want, but I don't underestimate people that are, that come off losses. I'm coming off of a loss. You know, it was a split decision, very close fight. But when you come off of a loss, there's one or two things you can do. Pick yourself up and demand a greater performance within your own self, within the own spirit, that true warrior within you, or you can just back down and, and feel depleted, feel like um, incompetent. You can let depression overcome and think that, well, you know, I, I want to take these fights because I want to make the money, but the heart of the warrior has already been destroyed. Mario Barrios is too young. You know, you don't sign a Keith Thurman fight without wanting to make a statement. So, you know, I'm very impressed with the fact that he wanted to move up to welterweight. And I heard that he wanted to fight somebody like me. Uh, his record was better than some of the other uh, opponents that I could have taken. The names that were presented, no matter what, I would have got criticized. No matter what path I take, I would have got criticized. Why? Because the sport of boxing demands greatness out of Keith Thurman. I demand greatness out of myself. I look forward to putting on a great performance. And I also look forward to bigger and better things later this year. But it's one step at a time. I have to remind the people who Keith Thurman is, why he's exciting, why he's in demand in the welterweight division, and why no matter who's champion today, they might not be champion for long because I'm back, baby. Take me to the Pacquiao fight because I'm guessing for you, it was one of those fights where you look where it took a long time for you to get over because you're looking looking at that fight going, take away the knockdown, I win that fight. You know, take away that right. that first round, all of a sudden it's a whole different you know you know ball game for me here. For you, how, when did you when were you able to make the peace? Like when were you able to go? Okay, I can't just let this get to me. I can't let it, you know consume me because. As you know, I've seen it with fighters. It's just one bad round, one bad fight. All of a sudden, it's just, it haunts you like a damn ghost. That's truth, man. Everything you're speaking right now is the absolute truth. It took a long time. I'm not going to lie. It took a long, long time. Um, and eventually, you know, I just looked in the mirror and I said, you just can't beat yourself up about it. It's over. It's been over, you know, you've reflected on it a hundred thousand times. You've played it, you played it back in your head a hundred thousand times. There's thousands of things that could have uh, been differently. We've taken many notes on some of the mistakes leading up to that fight. First note, weight management. I lost 35 pounds against Manny Pacquiao. Um, second note, I mean, I fought him while I was injured, you know, um, 2019 wasn't my best year period as an athlete, um, but I demanded greatness out of myself. And I still thought that I had what it took to win the fight. I would never take a fight 
without having the capacity to win the fight. So, you know, uh, 15 more punches in any round that I lost, I could have reversed the outcome, you know? So there was just so much, man. And, and after just hearing these same words over and over, analyzing and analyzing, at the end of the day, I just said, look, you're a great fighter. You're, you're tremendous. You always have been and you always will be. Let's stop beating yourself up. And then let's really beat yourself up where it matters, in the gym. Let's get in shape. Let's show the world once again how great you can be, you know? Um, you know, I want to do it for myself. I want to do it for the fans. I want to do it for anybody who's ever taken an L and has felt the pain and the agony and the suffering of falling short from victory when you know it's one thing to get beat by a greater fighter. I'll tip my hat off to you and I'll bow down and there's nothing I can do. I'll surrender to, to someone whose greatness is superior than mine. But that night, that wasn't the case. That night, I fell short of the greatness of my own capacity. And I truly believe that. And, and, that's, and that's how I speak to myself each and every day that my, my journey is not over. My career is not over. I'm still in my prime, 33 years old. I got a lot more to show. I've gained wisdom. Uh, you know, you, you get a little wiser with, with every experience, with every battle, you know, uh, like a general, you know, you, you win some, you lose some. Sometimes you got to pull the troops back, you know, but when you pull the troops back, you rewrite up strategy. And you get ready to put the troops right back out on the front line again with a different mindset. And that's where I am right now today. You know, it, it was, I was very depressed. I was beating myself up for a long time. And then eventually I said, you know, let's get this mind right. Let's focus. Let's beat yourself up where it matters in the gym. Let's get back and dominate the welterweight division. Because I believe that Keith one-time Thurman is truly one of those kind of fighters. Do you ever look at that fight? And even the, I'll always go further if you're back. Do you ever, the Jose De Lopez fight, just go, look, I, I wish I had a fight in between. Because, you know, we, we talk about here, uh, after the Pacquiao fight, you had surgery to fuse, you know, metacarpal bones in your left hand. Uh, you've had, a, you had a neck in, you know, but neck, you've had a neck injury, you know, around the, around the Sean Porter fight here. You've had shoulder yeah. injuries here. You know, other bumps and bruises, you know, you've been out, you can argue probably four years out of the last, you know, five because either, and not consecutively because either this injury happened, this surgery happened here. How much do you feel, you know, that you wish, you know, in between that Lopez fight and Pacquiao fight, he had one more fight. So that was like, okay, I'm, you know, I'm refreshed. I'm healthy. I, mean, I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it. You know, after the Jose Cito Lopez fight, my, my surgical doctor was there in Brooklyn, New York. He said, Keith, are we going to do the surgery? And I said, no, I'm going after Pacquiao. You know, I mean, if, if I did one more fight after that fight, I would have had to have hand surgery and Keith Thurman would have never been in the ring with Manny Pacquiao. You know, um, I just, I just couldn't, I couldn't not live a dream. I couldn't not, I couldn't, I could not not live a dream. I mean, it was a dream come true that night. MGM Grand, all the fans, pay-per-view, 
I mean, it was a dream come true. I'll, I'll never forget that day. I'll never forget that moment. You know, the outcome wasn't what I, what I wanted, but at the end of the day, I'm so blessed to, to have been in that opportunity to have lived that moment, you know, and then even falling short of victory. Like I said earlier, now we're out sharpening the knife, you know? So if you thought Keith was bad, then let me put it like this. If, if I would have won the fight, maybe I would have, maybe I'd still be 35 pounds overweight. If I would have won the fight, my ego would have said, Hey champ, nobody can beat you. No matter what you do, no matter what you do, everything you do, you're unstoppable. And the mistakes that I made on that day, I would have just ended up making those mistakes on another day. So, you know, for those who have that philosophical mindset that everything happens for a reason, it helps us cope because it helps you reflect. If everything happens for a reason, what could be the reason? And I, and I took an L on that day so that I could be greater today. And I truly believe that. And I wouldn't want anything else for my career. Of course, it'd be great to still be an undefeated welterweight champion. We could have made the Errol Spence fight happen uh, sooner. We could have made other things happen in the welterweight division. We could have made it so that people don't really forget or act like they have the opportunity to forget who Keith Thurman is, but they really don't. You know, um, this time off was not ideal. A lot of it had to do with COVID. So, and it had to do with waiting for great opportunities. Eventually, I'm tired of waiting. We're back in the ring February 5th. And then we're back to doing what we do best, bringing great fights to the welterweight division, challenging all comers, all shapes and sizes. It doesn't matter. I want to put everybody through the Keith Thurman test. And that's what we're here to do, man, un un until I'm done. Why do this? I mean, it, it, I know this is, you've been asked this a thousand times, but it's not been an easy road for you because in the last, I'd say, five or six years, there's always been somebody else in the division who people sort of love. And you're you're the guy where everybody goes, eh. whether it's been Errol Spence, whether Floyd Mayweather, now it's Jared Ennis, or it's Brandon Lee, or your Dennis Ugas. There's always a guy who's been loved, and you've been the guy that, whatever reason, boxing fans, it's been just a love-hate relationship. You're happily married. Yeah. You have money yeah. in the bank. It, you you sacrifice a lot. So I so why still do boxing when you can easily just go, screw this. I'm retiring. I'll go into acting. Hey, I can do some PBC announcing work here. I'm going to travel with my wife. I know you love traveling here. What makes you keep going back to boxing despite the fact that as much love as you've shown for it here, it sometimes doesn't give you that love back. It's It's been sort of a very love-hate relationship with the sport i'll explain a few things to you the first thing is when i'm when i'm in the streets whenever i meet boxing fans face to face i get nothing but 99 percent love i rarely get any form of criticism to my face now on fight week in vegas it does get a little different because you get all fight fans from all shapes and sizes but Casually, if I'm at the mall, if I'm out and about and somebody spots me, I get nothing but love. Most of the hate is cyber hate, you know, 
just some internet haters, little, little clickbait haters behind their little computer screens, the little tablets and their phones, you know. Um, and, I, and I don't let that stuff get to me, man. Uh, at the end of the day, the only reason why they hate me is because at one point they loved me. And at one point they were addicted to me. And I just didn't satisfy their fix. Oh, I've had whiplash. I've had bone spurs. I've had bone fusions. And they're like, where's Thurman? He ain't here. Well, then he ain't nobody, you know? It's like, it's like everybody who moved to Tampa when Tom Brady moved to Tampa, you know? Sometimes they, they just care about one athlete. And then if you're not in action, they're like, well, where's my fix? Where's my fix? Oh, Spence is fighting. Oh, oh, okay, thanks, Spence. Oh, I got my fix through him. Oh, I get my fix through, through this fighter, that fighter, you know? And to me, they're just all junkies. They're fight junkies, you know, which, which I'm not hating on. I, I can appreciate it. You know what I mean? You, you love the sport and you want to see the action. But to underestimate that when I go into the ring every year, I bring some of the best action that's possible into the welterweight division. You know, there's a lot of people that acknowledge that, even though there's a lot of uh, haters out there who don't acknowledge it. And then when it comes to why do I not give up? I'm too young. You know, I started boxing at the age of seven. Everything that I do through the sport of boxing is a dream manifested into a reality. And, you know, when you, when you have a good dream, you don't want to wake up, man. How can you wake up from the dream? You know, so they try to, they try to push you over. Hey, come on. And you just roll back over or someone wakes you up out of a dream and you're like, man, I just had a fabulous dream, man. I, I was enjoying that. I wish I was still in that dream, you know? I'm in my dream. Every day I wake up to be Keith one-time Thurman is living a dream. And, I, and I'm just not through, you know? I remember when I was about 10, 11 years old, I got a book for Christmas with legendary fighters. It was literally like boxing legends. It was like the title of the book or of some sort. And I just remember flipping through the book, old pictures, black and white, then some photos start coming in color. And I really, to this day, I can just remember the same emotion I had at 10, 11 years old, where I said, all I want to do is one day be in a book like this. I just want to go down in history. You know, if I give up today, unifying two world titles, yeah, I've made history. But I feel like there's more that can be done. I feel like I am capable. You know, I don't feel like I'm taking such a big risk, you know, you know, just trying to get beat up, um, take all these punches, take all this damage, take all this criticism. When I was a child, I boxed for a trophy. I boxed for a medal. I boxed so that when I came home, I made my mother and my father proud. I boxed for my original trainer, Ben Getty. Those who watch me, they know 
Keith Thurman always wears Ben Getty on his trunks. Because from the age of seven to the age of 20, he guided me in the sport of boxing, taught me everything that he knew. And he told me before anybody told me that you're going to be champion of the world one day, boy. And I know that when he's looking down, if I was to quit today, he would say, you have more. You have more in you. You know, there, there's a time to hang it up. There's a time to retire. But that time is not now. That time is not today. So I will continue to push. I'll continue to work hard. I'll continue to strive no matter what form of criticism I get. Love, hatred. I do it for the sport. That's what Keith Thurman's all about. Last question before I let you go. It's, it's a question everybody finally has to ask. I know you've been asking this year. When do you hang it up? You're now happily married. I'm guessing the wife wants kids soon. That's tough to do when you're fired because you're away. I mean, we've talked we got a baby guys. girl. We got a you baby girl. I'm guessing, so I'm guessing she wants more. And I know you want to be around as a father. How tough is that, though, when she, you know, your baby girl might be doing a dance recital. Hey, I can't come. I got training camp. Hey, you know, your baby girl ends up, you know, having her own 16th sweet birthday party. Hey, you can't make it. You have a fight coming up here. Is there a part where is there, is it getting now, like, are you looking to go, okay, I have three more years left. I have five more years left. I have two more years left here. Do you start setting stuff up so that you can have that second life? You're not going, okay, I have to give up this. I have to give up that because of boxing. I, I can't go on this trip. I can't, you know, spend more time on my wife because I have boxing here. Because it is a full-time 24-7 job being a boxer when do you when do you see yourself hanging it up when do you see yourself going all right i want to have you know more time for my baby girl i want to have more time for my wife i want to go tra traveling i want to do i want to do acting here when do you see yourself going or setting your you know the years for i have x amount of years for boxing that's it you know that's definitely something that i ponder um that's a question that has been reflecting in my mind but the real reason why I reflect this question is really because I'm 33 years old. And no matter how you want to spin it, I've been boxing for 26 years and I'm closer to retirement today than I've ever been in my athletic career. Yes, I can box for three more years. Maybe I box for six more years, you know, retire at 39. Have a, have a full-fledged, long career. Maybe I go past my prime. But at the end of the day, we just take it one fight at a time. We take it one fight at a time. We, we do our best to entertain the fans. I'm not sure. I'm not sure if it's three more, six more. Uh, but slowly but surely, retirement is knocking at the door. It's in hindsight. We're, uh, we're preparing to lay down the groundwork. Uh, you know, we, we've already done some analytical things, commentating. Every network that I ever worked for uh, has always had nothing but positive things to say about Keith Thurman because I'm a very professional individual when it comes to the sport of boxing. So whatever happens, happens. Like I said, it's all about living the dream, living it to its fullest capacity. And even when the dream's over, as far as being an active fighter, it's not really a... will always have a place in the sport. I like to mentor young fighters. 
I have great insight when it comes to uh, preparing these fighters to be world champions. Uh, camp management can be something in the future that I do um, when I'm retired. Working for the networks is something I can do when I retire, you know, or maybe maybe we do just walk away. Maybe we do just settle down, bunker down, uh, and be a family man. But, you know, luckily, there's still plenty of time. You know, even six more years, baby girl's only going to be six years old. There's going to be plenty of time for the rehearsals and the recitals. I'll do my best not to miss a few things. If I have to make some sacrifices, if, if daddy can't always be there, you know, I'm pretty sure uh, the wife will understand. Um, you know, so, you know, we just, we just do our best in life. You know, you make sacrifices because there's something worth sacrificing, you know, regardless of if all it is, is to take care of the baby girl, you take care of your family and you're not fortunate enough to show up to a job that you love every single day, like myself, you know, that's the sacrifice you make. You do a job that you don't want to do because of the love you have for your family. So to me and my philosophy, everybody's a fighter. Everyone's out here making sacrifices in the world, trying to provide, trying to live uh, their best self. I'm just going to stay committed, man. Um, I'm really been, I've been having a great time doing yoga. There, there might be a future and doing yoga seminars, doing yoga classes, mixing it with boxing. I heard it's a thing nowadays. They call it box yoga. You know, uh, who knows what's really out there? I would love to put together uh, some, some tape, my insight knowledge, my fight style, the fundamentals from an amateur to a pro. Um, I, I would love to share so much of my knowledge when it's all said and done, but it's not all said and done. So for now, I just need to stay focused, stay on my grind, do what I can do to perform the best of my fullest capacity to challenge myself, to challenge all these champions and all the other comers that may come into the ring. And like I said, man, just live this beautiful life and just keep living a dream. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. Once again, he'll be fighting February 5th only in Mandalay Bay uh, in Las Vegas, Nevada on pay-per-view against Mario Barrios to give you former undisputed welterweight champion. I'll give you Keith Thurman. Uh, Keith, before I let you go, where can fans check you out at? Where is, you know, the Instagram, the website, the YouTube channel? And who are the sponsors going to be for this fight coming up? We haven't fully uh, contracted all the sponsors yet. We got some things in the make. Normally, normally we work with um, uh, Fashion Nova. I'm actually, I'm, a, I'm actually a, a kind of fighter that doesn't really do too much sponsors. I'm literally so focused. I've never been a good hustler. That's that's something I can admit. I've never been a good hustler. I've never capitalized on all the side money, all the side features. Um, but this is a big opportunity. We still have weeks to come. Uh, we have things in the works, and uh, I'm pretty sure we'll finalize those things shortly uh, to bring some to bring some sponsors to the table. Uh, but I, I'm really just more focused on the fight, and I'm just really blessed and satisfied with with everything that comes my way in the ring. 
Uh, so like I said, man, um, I'm not good at milking the cow on the back end, but we're going we're gonna to do our best uh, to change that for the next several years while I'm an, act, an active fighter. Uh, we got this tremendous fan base. We got these uh, great fight opportunities that will be coming later on in this year. Uh, so, so we'll just have to see what sponsors we end up sporting on February 5th. Keith Thurman, ladies and gentlemen, once again, always on a pleasure having on the show. If you want, check more out more of his stuff out. Also at KeithThurman.com. He's on Twitter. He's on Instagram. All over the damn place. Fighting February 5th with Mario Barrios, PBC on Fox. We come back. We got a lot more going on here only on Last Call. Well, last Call with the alcohol only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. Again, only on last call. Last call with the alcohol, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. We had earlier Keith Thurman on the show. Always a pleasure having him on and looking forward to seeing his fight on February 5th. But now, join me on the line. This young lady here is back once again. She'll be fighting Justine Kish at Bellator 274. We're looking forward to it here. And well, hopefully, this will be a much better training camp going along for her. I give you once again, all the way now. She's training out the East Coast, hopefully. Let's code put a crimp on that. I give you it's Deanna Benedict. Deanna, so how does this fight come about? Because you know we're born on the backboard. We're going to have you fight later on. And then all of a sudden you go, all right, I'll fight. And it's like, okay, well, we have an opening. Here you guys go. It's like, <laughs> you're that early, but hey, let's win in Rome. Yeah, I'm in literally asking for a fight since my last one you know i i wanted to get back in there as soon as i possibly could like give me a fight give me a gift fight give me a fight and then i had some some health stuff happen in november that took me out of commission for a little bit and then once i was back to training after that i was you know i want to fight i want to fight i want to fight i knew there was a card on february 19th there was a, a female fight on the card already that fell through. And I was like, I'm ready. Put me in, put me in, put me in. And they said, all right, let's go. So I just excited to have the opportunity to, to get back in there and to have something close, you know, it's in Connecticut and I'm in Jersey, so I could drive to it. And that sounds perfect. <laughs> so 
Justine Kish. Uh, what do you know about her? What have you and, and or I guess how familiar are you with her? Because she's been around. I mean, she's been in the UFC like yourself. She's on the Ultimate Fighter. It's not like one of these ladies that have to dig deep and go, okay, we'll do this, we'll do that. It's like, okay, well, you actually know her. So does that help with training camp and help it with, uh, you know, scouting and game playing when you have so much tape on somebody <laughs> just literally on YouTube and on, you know, regular, like, Fox and all that stuff? Yeah, I mean, obviously, I've, I've seen her fight before. Um, I've I met her at the tough 18 tryouts actually and so i've known of her since since then and you know watch her fights dfc because i always just watch fights and me personally i don't like watching tape i usually let my coach brian i let him watch tape i let my jiu-jitsu coach watch tape and then they just kind of tell me what to do and you know obviously she's a very good kickboxer she had what like 24 kickboxing fights before she made it to mma and so you know, obviously stand-up is her, her forte. And so it, it does kind of help knowing who I'm going against. But, like, any time I step in the cage, I, in my head, they are the absolute best at absolutely everything. They're the best striker. They're the best grappler. They're the best wrestler. You know, they're the top, top, top person. So no matter what, I have to be my best at everything, too. And that, that's the way I go into any fight. And so, like, it's it's nice to have a fight against a big name, somebody, you know, that I respect, somebody that, you know, she's just coming out of the UFC. This will be her first fight in Bellator. And unfortunately, I'm going to ruin that party for her. But, you know, it happens. <laughs> and I'm, I'm excited to have a tough competitor. So. <laughs> Cosby, do you, like you want to jump in here? Yeah, how do you like the difference, uh, or what do you feel is the difference between Bellator and UFC? Um, I really like I really like Bellator. You know, I feel like they. It's not that the UFC doesn't care about their athletes. I feel like it's more of like a a family environment in Bellator. You know, it's more personable. I think yeah. that's the best way to describe it. It's more personable in Bellator, and you know, you can you can have um you can wear whatever you want in the cage you could have sponsorships like they they care about their athletes and i i really appreciate that and i i've really loved being part of the bellator team honestly no it makes absolute sense do you also would you think that also helps you as a fighter as well in the aspect that feeling more comfortable besides you know having talent and being disciplined and whatnot knowing that you're cared for by the people that you're signed with, you know, having being supported oh, and whatnot. I think it does make a huge 100%. impact. Yeah. Oh, it, it totally makes a huge impact. So it's like, this is where I'm at. This is where I'm being supported. And now that you're able to find sponsorships and whatnot, as opposed to being excluded from that. And I'm like, okay. I'm going to throw on these shorts. This is great. Or I'm going to wear my sponsorship shorts. This is fantastic. Yep. Exactly. So, so do you have like a favorite a great or do you have a, a sponsor that gives you shorts and you're like, Hey, I'm going to go out there and rug these today. Um, so 
there's I I'm always I I'm gonna butcher her name. Um, <laughs> Isla Erickson. Isla, uh, yeah, I think it's Isla Erickson. She, she owns Defila. Um, mm-hmm. she has made every single fight outfit that I've had since I got the axe from the UFC. Um, yeah. so every, every single fight kit is from her and I never, ever, ever want to fight in anything other than one of her creations. Like she makes them, oh, nice. she prints the fabric. She, she makes the designs like basically i just turn to her and i'm like hey i have a fight it's on this date and she's like awesome do you have any idea of what you want and i was like no you do something <laughs> and it, they've all been amazing like i i absolutely love it like the last one was like bright and colorful and it's exactly everything that i ever wanted like i and they're comfortable too you know they're not just like bright shiny things that I'm like oh man I'm uncomfortable wearing this like they're comfortable to fight in and obviously that's what the most important thing with a fight kit is making sure that you're comfortable so you can go out and fight in it but they're also like pieces of artwork basically and I I love it (laughs) yeah because that makes a big difference I mean it's one thing to be looking attractive and flashy but if you're itchy during your fight and it's rubbing you under the wrong way under your armpit and you're trying to throw a move you're like oh well this is great you know (laughs) I don't have time to really change like hold on give me give me a quick break let me just run out and change outfits yeah exactly you You know you have to be comfortable to fight yeah exactly like I I remember my first Invicta fight like I had just like plain um shorts that had like my sponsorship logos like just in generic shorts and I remember they were so uncomfortable and they were literally like up my butt and my butt was hanging out and I'm like oh my gosh I can't wait to take these off like these are so uncomfortable and like I never want to have that feeling ever again like I I like look back at my fight photos and I was like wow yeah my, my butt's just hanging out there and I don't really have a butt so for that to be hanging it out those shorts must have been terrible so it's like I'm sure some people enjoyed it but you like there's a there's a cross between you know looking good and being having something you can actually yeah I had my hamstring surgery so I have like that five inch scar under my butt so I definitely don't need shorts that are showing that <laughs> off so like we'll cover that cover that nice little scar right up so you know, some people get some tattoos that do that. Is that something you ever considered? Or you're just like, you know what? I love it. I'm going to own that. Now, now I'm going to have. Yeah, I just, yeah, I, I don't have any tattoos and it's not, it's not like I'm opposed to them. It's just, I don't know. I'm, I'm good with not. And I'm like, yeah, well, we'll just go with the scars. That That's good. Plus it's a little weird spot on my butt with my hamstring scar. So it's like, you know what? It, it, we're, we're, we're good. <laughs> How is well, the rehab? Good. I, I want to jump in here quickly here. Oh, go ahead. We definitely got to talk about your last win and the, the post fight afterwards where you're just, you're, you're traveling together. You're in tears. You're hugging your big John McCarthy. <laughs> He's almost in tears, like, no, no, don't you people cry. This is MMA. We don't cry in MMA here. Hey, you can cry in fighting. Why not? You, it's uh, well-deserved. crying in fighting. <laughs> right? I cry all Whether the time. There's good, bad, and the ugly. <laughs> exactly. 
Oh man. Yeah. That was, that last fight was something special. You know, that for, for years and years, I've always wanted to fight at the SAP center. You know, I, that's, I grew up in the Bay area. Like that's where we would go to sharks games. That's where, you know, my very first UFC fight that I ever saw my first MMA fight, basically professional like that was in that arena. And it, means the world to me because it was a place that like me and my dad used to go and he used to work there and to be able to fight in that arena was something special and to you know get that dominant win and and everything there were so many emotions coming out like I remember we were they were like okay we're going we got to go stage you and so like we're walking and there's like the big shark head that the team skates out of like at the beginning of games and I was like oh and I like ran away and the commission guy was like what are you like and I was like nah I just gotta go rub this for like good luck over here and so they're like okay I don't know what's happening right now but I'm like just let me do whatever I want and it was just such such a good experience there like I can't I can't even describe just how much that fight meant to me just because it was it was not just for for me it was for like my dad's legacy for his belief in me and you know I they they kept on saying like oh are you gonna cry on like the walkout and I was like no 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 I got a goal to do I'm gonna I'm gonna be good but then the second that I got my hand raised and I'm like ah crap now it's gonna be the ugly cry now I can't contain (laughs) anymore because I don't have anything to focus on anymore and it's just gonna be all the raw emotion coming out so (laughs) I'm like oh gosh about this but I, that was a dream come true for, for that fight. Like just that feeling being in that cage, having the people from like the Bay area where I grew up, like people that I went to high school with, like my best friend, Michelle, she was my best friend in high school. She was able to come out with her boyfriend who was a Oakland PD cop and, you know, having the whole experience. It was, it was amazing. Like I I can't get over it. That is amazing, though. Like, when you've gone through all of that, the emotions and everything, I bet not only, like, all that raw emotion, but I'm sure there's possibly some funny comments involved in that. When you've had, you know, those friends from high school that you grew up with, and then their boyfriends come around, especially if they're cops, I'm sure that there's some pretty behind-the-scenes funny comments, you know, like, (laughs) oh, you know, I just just watched that fight with you. I'm sure they're saying some things. What are some funny comments they've made to you? I'm sure chuckling in the background since they've known you for so long. Like, you know. (laughs) Well, like the number one thing that people always say is like, I can't believe that you actually like that. This is something you do. Cause I have always been this shy, weird kid. I'm still weird, but I was always this shy person. Like I hate eye contact, like a extreme introvert. I didn't like being like close to people. I never talked to anybody. Like there was people from high school. Like I remember my senior year, I was like, Hey, you know, what? you want to sign my yearbook? And this guy's like, you I never talked like you never talked and I made fun of you every day like are you sure you want me to sign your yearbook and I was like sure do because I want you to remember and like sure enough that guy follows me on social media and that guy follows my career to this day and I was like well you know like I'm secure in my weirdness but they're like you get out there and you fight in a cage but like you wouldn't even make eye contact with with (laughs) 
strangers or say two words without being in a panic like like who who are you and I was like you know it's a very good question I don't know you're like I have the tiger you know what that is it's like well put this way I may not have wanted to make eye contact with you then but you may not want to make eye contact with me now just in a completely (laughs) different way that's the one that's the one right there there you go (laughs) that's great and there so you how are. nice, how nice did it feel beating Laura at your at your at her own game? Because you and I talked about that, and we were worried about she's very quick dancer, great on her feet. She only loses to elite level fighters. You were coming off a three fight win streak. How nice was that for you? Like not just beating her, but you beat her as the rounds, you know, the second round, third round. You're still you know on strong and. That's something you want to work on. How nice is that, you know, achieving not just a win, but everything you want to in terms of, all right, I want to do this. I want to look good doing this. And damn it, I actually have, there's been very improvements. You know, I, I've been working hard. Like my, my head coach, Brian Wright, he's an excellent striker. And like when, because when I first got out to Jersey, I had a different coach and he was great and he helped me out, but I knew I needed a, I needed somebody to help me with my striking. I needed, I had so many people like, Oh, you'll never be a striker. You'll never be a striker. You'll only ever be a wrestler. Like you're never going to be a striker. Why do you even try? Like I I would have people tell me like you, you shouldn't even try. Like you're never going to be a striker. Your footwork is awful. Like you're terrible. And I was like, thanks guys. (laughs) So I went looking for like, who was actually like a great striker and a good coach. And like, I'm so lucky to have found him because he really elevated me to the next level. Like he's the reason I still have a career right now because we, we go to the gym, we work hard every day. You know, we, he's really, he's brought that confidence and that striking level to my game. And, you know, I, I, and I said that in my post fight interview, like my old coach was just like, Oh, if you don't get a takedown, you're never going to win a fight. And I was like, well, guess I just did like, yeah, I took her down (laughs) in the first round, but that's not, that's not what won the whole fight. Like I've been working hard. I've been doing, you know, everything I can to like elevate my game and to be, I want to be an MMA fighter. I don't want to just be a wrestler that goes out there and I mean, I, it's fun, and I, I do enjoy that thoroughly, but <laughs> I want to be a well-rounded fighter, and so, you know, I'm I'm working every day to be the best I can at absolutely everything, and it, it's not that I was like, oh, I want to go beat her with that, and I had a friend afterwards that was like, excuse me, Deanna, why did you not keep trying to take her down, and I was like, I was having fun. (laughs) I was enjoying myself. And she's like, you could have ended the fight like in the second round or something like that. Like you almost got that finish in the first round. You could have finished it. And I was like, I was enjoying myself. Like, well, what do you want from me? Like, I'm like, I'm sorry. (laughs) It could have been mortal Kombat, but I was having a little bit of fun. (laughs) I was completely like, even in the third round where, you know, I threw that kick, she caught it and then she took me down and I was on my back and guard. Like, yeah, you could, I, I actually just rewatched the fight for the first time, not too long ago since the fight. And I have like that giant creepy smile on my face and like, you hear the, 
the commentators are talking about it are like oh Deanna Bennett she's enjoying her work and I'm like I really am like yeah, I was because having- you knew you knew what was going on <laughs> I was like, I was having the time of my life. And like, <laughs> even that position, like I, I'm not, I, as a wrestler, I was never comfortable, like being on my back. Like, I don't want to sit there on my back and like, and go off of there. But one of my favorite fights ever was Tony Ferguson versus Danny Castillo. Tony Ferguson won that fight off of his back. You know, he's, he's throwing strikes. He's going submission, submission, submission. And that's one of the fights that like sticks in my head. So that's what was going through my head when I got there and I was like, all right, well, you know, we're going old school Ferguson right now. We're, we're going to throw strikes. We're going to look for submissions. We're going to up kick. We're going to donkey kick her in the chest. You know, I'm going to keep working from here. Cause you know, I'm, even though I'm on my back, I'm still going to control the action. And I did. And it was great. <laughs> I think that's what it's all about being aware of your situation, especially being put in that situation like you were saying like you knew what was going on and you weren't afraid of mm-hmm. it and you knew how to overcome exactly. it so you weren't gonna be frazzled or frustrated you're like okay I got this I've seen scenarios like yep. this I know what I'm capable of I know what she's capable of let's just do this 100 percent exactly I love that I love that it's just such a great thing to have someone be confident and knowing on the circumstances and seeing them just prevail well, thank you. <laughs> I, well, yeah. but I think that also makes for a great fight too. And especially when you can actually see, uh, you know, the facial gestures and, and whatnot <laughs> on, you know, oh, yeah, like, oh, totally. I know what's going on. I see it. And that's great. So <laughs> going from, you know, something like that kind of fight into your upcoming fight. And I'm sure Chris has mentioned this too, coming up in February. Um, how you think that's going to go down? Because obviously, you know, you're going to be mentally preparing yourself, physically preparing yourself, since you're obviously working on strikes and whatnot. I think that's that's amazing being able to transform yourself as a fighter. Thank you. Um, yeah. Um, again, Justine is a, a very accomplished kickboxer. I, you know, she's she's well-rounded. She has... You know, she's no slouch on the ground. She's very hard to submit. Like you've seen that in her previous fights. Um, and so like, she's, she's a tough fighter and she's been around. She's had a lot of fights herself and it's again, you know, I just, I picture going against somebody who's like a world beater, you know, the best at everything that she possibly can do. And so that's what I'm preparing myself for is being the best fighter that I can possibly be. And, you know, I, as soon as I, I heard I had the fight, I replay all the situations in my head, like, okay, well, what happens if this happens? What happens if this It's all the what ifs, like I have a couple sleepless nights cause I wake up cause I'm dreaming about the fight and like what could happen and what I'm going to do. And, um, it just cause it, I put my heart and soul into this. Like it's, it's not just something, yeah, I do it for fun, but it's, it's a part of me. And, you know, like I said, I, I had a really huge health scare in November and I, there were moments I don't even, I won't won't get into details about that right now, but there was a a moment that I was like, I I might not ever fight again. And it, 
crushed me completely. And so having moved past that and, and being that I have a fight scheduled, I'm a hundred percent healthy, like going to get in there. And I, I don't want to take it for granted. You know, I probably overtrained just a little bit because I'm just so excited every day I get up and I'm like, I want to go to the gym and I want to go train. And they're like, psycho, go home and sleep. And I'm like, what? I have to <laughs> like, no, I want this. I want this. Yeah. You don't understand. 100%. I'm so excited to be able to keep doing what I love. Right. Exactly. That's the one, like it was almost taken away from me, not by my own choice. And like, I, I want to do everything like, and like fighting in life in general, like I, it was one of those moments where I'm like, you know what, I'm going to live my life and I'm going to do the things that I want. I'm going to do the things that I love and live the life that I love. And that that's fighting. Like that's my, my whole heart and soul is into it. Like every day I get up, like, okay, let's go train. Let's go do this. This is what I want to do. And I'm, I'm so excited to have this fight. I've been waiting for this since I got out of the cage of my last one. And so like, I'm taking nothing for granted at all. See, and that's awesome. I think that's amazing for your fans to hear, for people to hear. That is appreciation. That's dedication. That is, you know, knowing what you are here to do and how to proceed forward with your goals in life. And if people don't know that and what you're here for, then I don't know what to tell you. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Like I'm not, I'm not taking, like I said, I'm not taking anything for granted and, you know, having, having so much support from people, man, like I can't even, I can't even tell you how much that means to me. Like it's weird. People are like, Oh, you're awesome. And I'm like, wait, I'm just a weirdo. <laughs> what do you mean? <laughs> like, but you know what? <laughs> you own it. Own your weirdness because you know what? <laughs> if that works for you, then do it. Because if that makes you a better fighter, a better individual, everybody is unique in their own way with their own individuality. Exactly. Do it. Everyone you know has their quirks. So, exactly. oh no, I'm, I can't change at this point, even if I wanted to. <laughs> so, we're we're stuck in our ways, and it is what it is. Like people, like exactly. don't ever change. And I'm like, yeah, I wouldn't know how. So, <laughs> this is this is who I am. And you know, the closer we get to a fight, the weirder it gets. And exactly. it is what it is. <laughs> exactly, acknowledging it and making it work for you. Yep. <laughs> do what I can exactly exactly is is part of the uh the greatness about it right exactly I mean it's probably the reason I'm single still but that's okay (laughs) but you know what you have the right support you know you concentrate on what you love and you never know you never know who comes along in that that lovely journey in life (laughs) right hello folks listening to this podcast hello people listening (laughs) maybe i shouldn't make that unfortunately we gotta wrap this up so once again uh, we're very happy to have deanna deanna before i let you go where can fans check you out at where is the twitter page instagram the website like where can fans hit you up and who are the sponsors going to be for this fight coming up um so we know one of them (laughs) well we do and that one's gonna be fabulous i can't wait for that one um but deanna d bennett on instagram twitter 
of, I believe Facebook as well. I try to make it easy. So it has my middle initial D or D is in vitamin D, my fight name. Woo. So I think there's an awkward <laughs> joke about having a D in the middle, but we're not going to, we're not going to go there because it's a family friendly <laughs> podcast right now. Um, <laughs> That's awkward. Yeah. See, you got me going and now I can't stop myself. And so we're going to walk right on past that one. And so Deanna D Bennett on Instagram and everything. And I, I try my best to keep up to date with all of that. Um, my fight kit, the filler, it's going to be amazing. I can't wait for this next one. They're all fabulous, but I I'm excited about this one. And, um, I have, I've been working with the nutritionist, um, Jackie Kaminsky, the fight nutritionist. She's been amazing with keeping me on my goals, getting me ready. I've been working with her for months and just to be ready for this fight, you know, I don't want to leave any stone unturned and we're doing, she's, she's getting me ready for this. And I'm really excited about that. Uh, fresh and lean, uh, meal prep has been really great with keeping me, on on track with everything you know all you know all, i'm pretty much i don't know i always have to say the people that put up with me on a daily basis because hot damn they have to hear lots of show tunes lots of dick jokes and it's just <laughs> it's, a, it's real difficult to put up with me so they always deserve a shout out so everyone at killer b everyone at dante rivera's gym i've been training at daniel gracie's gym in philly like i was just in vegas and i tried to contain my weird there but i let some slip out but um yeah I, i'm pretty sure i'm forgetting like a million things oh impact mouth guards they are great i just got some new teeth and so i'm i, I want to keep them <laughs> yes. i finally got my tooth fixed that i busted from or norma center actually busted in in my invicta fight with her so they're great with keeping my new teeth intact because i finally look like a normal human being and I can smile with my mouth open so woo! very important that. um it's very important. It's true. My teammates just like, Deanna, can you close your mouth? You're kind of creeping me out. Like, that's weird. And I was like, but I have, I have teeth. I have to show them off now. And they're like, mm, yeah, no, you, you haven't figured out how to smile. At, and so you just look like you're going to try and kill me. I'm like, well, that also might be true, but whatever. <laughs> we'll go with it. But yeah, like everyone that all the support I've gotten, you know, fans and friends and family, like not to bring it up again, but going through what I did in November, which uh, like I said, I'm not going to go into it too in depth, but I'll, I'll talk about it at another point in time. We can talk after the fight about that, but it really put in perspective, everything for me, you know, fight life, you know, the people that I have in my life, the things that I want in my life. And like, all of the support that I get from people means the world. Like my management, Sucker Punch, Brian Hamper, Brian, Brian Butler, like having them in my corner, like I'm so glad to be able to, to work with them and have them as my manager and have them take care of me. And so they definitely get the shout out as well. <laughs> See, there you go. Maybe you should have your own little, uh, own little show. It could be like, have your fill of D. That is Deanna. <laughs> <laughs> the one or yeah <laughs> i like that little dose of d there, see, there you go right chris yeah That's bit, ladies and gentlemen Kostka, Kostka, yes. always honored having you on the show we come back final thoughts 
including about the big pay-per-view. We're going to talk about that. All this and more only on Last Call. Last Call with the Opera Hall, only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network. back everyone to his last call last call with the alcohol only on the blue wire hustle network i want to thank my wonderful guests earlier of the hour we had one time keith thurman join the show always love having him on as he is insightful intelligent man who is determined to get back to way where he was back in the day and well look forward to seeing him fight once again on february 5th only on pay-per-view against uh, none other than Mario Barrios, plus Deanna Bennett. And it's great hearing from her. It's also great sometimes hearing about fighters and what they go through, you know, who they are. We we, we generally, basically, we do a lot of stuff, and I'm guilty of it also, is we focus on just a fight. Just a fight, that's it. We focus on the training, we focus on all this stuff here, and we never get down to sort of, who they are as people. And it's, you know, when you hear, talk to the independent and you hear her story, and I'm, gl- I'm glad she explained about everything that went on with not just, you know, who she is as a person, how she is, you know, the dork, that she's called the dork gun to MMA, but also, you know, her the story about her family, the story about, you know, fighting in San Jose, what it meant to her, you know, Honoring her father and everything. I'll tell you what, I'm, look, I'm looking forward to seeing her fight once again against Justine Kish. Bellator 274, only on Showtime World Championship MMA. But uh, let's turn our attention to this weekend. It was two fighters who, to me, deserve a lot of respect for what they went through. Uh, we'll start off with a guy in the MMA circuit who won, which was none other than. Francis Naganu. It's been a long year for, for Naganu. I mean, he wanted big fights, couldn't get him. And then he was basically sort of quasi suspended unofficially by the UFC. They gave an interim title to Cyril Gagne. Goes into the Gagne fight, you hear, but he has hey, a torn MCL and a uh, sprained ACL. And he's fighting that fight, and he's getting, first two rounds, he's down. He's just, Gagne is a very technical striker, a guy who knows how to use his boxing, a guy who knows how to use movement. 
footwork, and he just won the first two rounds. It wasn't pretty, but he won them. And then you got to give credit to Nagano as he dug deep, and he used a lot of tricks, which we didn't know he had. He used takedowns. He used top control. He used even some jujitsu that he had. And he's doing all this, and he's tired to sell. You know that the gas tank is not there because... He's not used to that. He's used to just going in there and just blowing people away after the first round, second round. Third, fourth, fifth round. That's always been his trouble. And yet you watch that fight and you go, he basically just willed himself to win that fight. Shouldn't have won that fight. That should have been Gagne. And Gagne made a lot of mistakes to learn from. You know, going for heel hooks in the fifth round to me was a huge mistake. Especially when you're in top control. Especially when you know it is so damn tough to get something like that on a guy who, when he's slippery, when he's, when you're tired, he's a bit tired, when he's not dry, you can catch him in something, and then all of a sudden get everything freaked out. But he'll learn. But, he, but either way, credit Francis Nagani because he, he did what he had to do. He used new, new, new tricks from his bag of tricks. He... Relied on his power, his strength. He relied on basically just wanting to be the champion. And he is still now your undisputed UFC heavyweight champion. Kudos to him. Another guy you got to give credit to. And he, this is unfortunately lost his fight, but Gary Russell Jr. And I get it. Everybody makes fun of him because, oh, he fights once a year. Oh, he's never the most active guy. Oh, he, you know, he, Versus TBA a lot of times. But try this. Try fighting a guy. Ten years your junior. You have been out for two years. Be mostly because of COVID. Because of family issues going on. With, you know, the death of his younger brother. The, his father, you know, basically having, having his foot amputated. You know, having to train his other brothers during all this year. And then you find out, hey, his right shoulder is screwed up. Probably needed surgery, didn't get it. He re-injures it around a third, fourth round of that fight. And for eight rounds, he is a legitimate one-handed fighter against Mark Maxayo. And look, credit to Maxayo, he came in there, he didn't make any mistakes. Yeah, he, I, I thought he could have been a lot more aggressive and that maybe have cost him, possibly, but... You know, he, he came to win. It was more patient. It was more reserved. And then because of that, he got the majority decision. But Russell made him earn it. And I see people on, online going, oh, you know, he's, he was overrated, blah, blah, blah. Oh, you know, he'll come back in two years. All this stuff, and we're talking about Russell. And you look and go, it's just... Unfair that you guys don't see what he went, what he did. Eight rounds with a dislocated right shoulder, with being unable to use his power jab, with being unable to do anything of sort with his whole entire right body. And you go and you think to yourself, how do you do that? I mean, most of us, if we pull a nerve somewhere, either our arm or back or leg, we're out for the count. We're out for a couple of weeks, you know, bedridden. Here's a guy who he just sucked it up and went for full weight, full eight rounds, 
made it a competitive fight. Maybe, you know, lost the majority decision. We'll see what happens if they have a rematch. But either way, kudos to Russell because he could have easily just said, ah, screw this, I'm out of here. I don't want, I don't want to go through it. Screw this, I'm done here. And he kept on fighting. And you give give a guy credit for that. Because a lot of guys in his, in his basically, in his, uh, in his shoes, they wouldn't have done that. But either way, as I said, this is, a, this is what I love about combat sports, boxing, MMA. It's literally, you see what somebody will do when their back is pushed against the wall. You see sometimes the toughness of a fighter when their body is aching. They, you know, nothing is going well. They are down and they can either just fold or they could rise to the occasion. And this, I thought this past weekend, we saw two great examples of that. I'm looking forward to more of Gary Russell Jr., especially Francis Ngannou in the next couple of months, hopefully next rest of the year. But we got Envis Novo, so we got to wrap the show up once again for Koskakashova, for Keith Thurman, for Deanna Bennett. This is Chris Connor saying I'm out of here. Stay tuned for more great action coming up only on its last call. Last call with the alcohol. Only on the Blue Wire Hustle Network.